Everyone in the room was sneezing other than the cooks and the cat which was grinning from ear to ear. Please, would you tell me? said Alice a little timidly for she was not quite sure whether it was good manners for her to speak first. Why your cat grins like that? It's a Cheshire cat, said the Duchess. And that's why pig... She said the last word with such sudden violence that Alice quite jumped. But she saw in another moment that it was addressed to the baby and not to her. So she took courage and went on again. I didn't know that Cheshire cats always grinned. In fact, I didn't know that cats could grin. They all can, said the Duchess. And most of them do. I don't know of any that do, Alice said very politely, feeling quite pleased to have got into a conversation. Oh, you don't know much, said the Duchess, and that's a fact. Alice did not like the tone of this remark and thought it would be as well to introduce some other subject of conversation. While she was trying to fix on one, the cook took the cauldron of soup off the fire and at once set to work throwing everything within her reach at the Duchess and the baby. The Duchess took no notice of them, even when they hit her, and the baby was howling so much already that it was quite impossible to say whether the blows hurt it or not. Oh, please, mind what you're doing, cried Alice, jumping up and down in an agony of terror. Oh, there goes his precious nose. As an unusually large saucepan flew close by it and very nearly carried it off. If everybody minded their own business, the Duchess said in a hoarse growl, the world would go round a deal faster than it does. Which would not be an advantage, said Alice, who felt very glad to get an opportunity of showing off a little of her knowledge. Just think, of what work it would make with the day and night? You see, the earth takes 24 hours to turn round on its axis. Talking of axis, said the Duchess, chop off her head. Alice glanced rather anxiously at the cook to see if she meant to take the hint. But the cook was busily stirring the soup and seemed not to be listening. So she went on again. 24 hours, I think, or is it twelve? I, um... Oh, don't bother me, said the Duchess. I never could abide figures. And with that, she began nursing her child again, singing a sort of lullaby to it. Here, you may nurse it a bit if you like, said Duchess to Alice, flinging the baby at her as she spoke. I must go and get ready to play croquet with the Queen. And she hurried out of the room. Alice caught the baby with some difficulty as it was a queer-shaped little creature and held out its arms and legs in all directions. Just like a starfish, thought Alice. As soon as she had made out the proper way of nursing, she carried it out into the open air. The baby grunted and Alice looked very anxiously into its face to see what was the matter with it. There could be no doubt that it had a very turned-up nose, much more like a snout than a real nose. Also, its eyes were getting extremely small for a baby. But perhaps it was only sobbing, she thought, 
and looked into its eyes again to see if there were any tears. No, there were no tears. If you are going to turn into a pig, my dear, said Alice seriously, I'll have nothing more to do with you, mind now. The poor little thing sobbed again, or grunted. It was impossible to say which. And they went on for some while in silence. Alice was just beginning to think to herself, Now, what am I to do with this creature when I get it home? When it grunted again, so violently, that she looked down into its face in some alarm. This time, there could be no mistake about it. It was neither more nor less than a pig. And she felt that it would be quite absurd for her to carry it further. So she set the little creature down and felt quite relieved to see it trot away quietly into the wood. If it had grown up, said Alice to herself, it would have made a dreadful child. But it makes rather a handsome pig, I think. And she began thinking over other children she knew who might do very well as pigs and was just saying to herself, if one only knew the right way to change them. When she was a little startled by seeing the Cheshire cat sitting on a bough of a tree a few yards off, the cat only grinned when it saw Alice. It looked good-natured, she thought. Still, it had very long claws and a great many teeth. So she felt that it ought to be treated with respect. Cheshire Puss, she began rather timidly, as she did not at all know whether it would like the name. However, it only grinned a little wider. Come, if it's pleased so far, thought Alice, and she went on. Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? Meow! That depends a good deal on where you want to go, said the cat. I don't much care where, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, said the cat. So long as I get somewhere, Alice added as an explanation. Oh, you are sure to do that, said the cat, if only you walk long enough. Alice felt that this could not be denied, so she tried another question. What sort of people live about here? In that direction, the cat said, waving its right paw round, lives a hatter. And in that direction, waving the other paw, lives a march hare. Visit either you like, they are both mad. But I don't want to go among mad people. Alice remarked. Oh, you can't help that, said the cat. We are all mad here. I am mad, you are mad. How do you know I am mad, said Alice. You must be, said the cat. Oh, you wouldn't have come here. Alice didn't think that proved it at all. However, she went on. And how do you know that you are mad? To begin with, said the cat. A dog's not mad. You grant that? I suppose so, said Alice. Well then, the cat went on. You see, a dog growls when it's angry and wags its tail when it's pleased. Now I growl when I'm pleased and wag my tail when I'm angry. Therefore, I'm mad. I call it purring, not growling, 
said Alice. Call it what you like, said the cat. Do you play croquet with the queen today? I should like that very much, said Alice. But I haven't been invited yet. You'll see me there, said the cat. By the way, what became of the baby, said the cat. I'd nearly forgotten to ask. It turned into a pig, Alice quietly said, just as if it had come back in a natural way. I thought it would, said the cat and vanished. Alice waited a little, half expecting to see it again, but it did not appear. And after a minute or two, she walked on the direction in which the March Hare was set to live. I've seen hatters before, she said to herself. The March Hare will be much like the most interesting and perhaps as this is May, it won't be raving mad. At least not so mad as it was in March. As she said this, she looked up and there was the cat again, sitting on a branch of a tree. Meow. Did you say pig or fig? said the cat. I said pig, replied Alice. And I wish you wouldn't keep appearing and vanishing so suddenly. You make one quiet kitty. All right, said the cat. And this time it vanished quite slowly, beginning with the end of the tail and ending with the grin, which remained some time after the rest of it had gone. Well, I've often seen a cat without a grin, thought Alice. But a grin without a cat? It's the most curious thing I ever saw in my life. She had not gone much farther before she came in sight of the house of the March Hare. She thought it must be the right house because the chimneys were shaped like ears and the roof was thatched with fur. It was so large a house that she did not like to go nearer till she had nibbled some more of the left-hand bit of mushroom and raised herself to about two feet high. Even then she walked up towards it rather timidly, saying to herself, mm, Suppose it should be raving mad after all. I almost wish I'd gone to see the hatter instead.'